You are listening to episode 5 of the Daily Magic Podcast. And welcome to the Daily Magic Podcast, where we talk about all things photography and find the beauty in the ordinary so your daily grind can be your moment to shine. Okay, guys, so today on the podcast, we have a guest photographer speaking. Um, her name is Mandolin, and I'm just going to let her like take over so she can introduce herself and tell us a little bit about yourself, Mandolin. Okay, well, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, yeah, so my name's Mandolin, <laughs> um, and I am mainly a travel photographer, um, and right now I'm living in Sicily, Italy, which makes for some good travel <laughs> scenes, um, but I'm originally from Virginia in the United States, and um, here for work mainly, well, my husband's work, um, so I got the opportunity to move abroad for a little while, and um I've been a photographer for probably four or five years now, and I started out um, doing portrait photography, mostly families and couples, and then when I moved abroad, I um, wanted to maximize travel as much as possible, so I started traveling a lot, and then I really got into the travel photography scene, so. And that's how I found you. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how I crossed paths or I found your Instagram at some point. But yeah, your travel photography is like incredibly amazing, um, especially the way that you capture mood. Um, I feel like it's really hard in travel photography to capture like an actual um, moment. I feel like sometimes you're just so rushed when you're like walking about that you don't capture. Um, it just it comes across almost rushed. I feel that at least from my images. Um, when I look at them, I'm like, maybe it's because I'm remembering feeling rushed. But when I look at your images, they have like such a like they pull you in. I, it's like the way that you shoot, maybe the way that you use things around you. But yeah, your photography is like goals. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I just really have a love for like street photography. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I've never just... I know a lot of people just specialize in one thing and that's what they say you should do. And it's just hard for me to pick one. So I feel like that my travel photography is kind of a combination of like street photography, landscape photography, Ooh. environmental photography. Yeah. So I just feel like I try to combine like all these different types of photography into one to capture kind of where I am in the mood. Yeah. It everything. tells more of a story. Cause um, especially when you scroll through your feed you'll have like um, really warm inviting colors of like, let's say oranges, which kind of give you that Italian feel mm -hmm. without it like being a very obvious Tuscany vibe, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. your, your next image kind of is like that typical, what you think of when you think of like Italy or um, Tuscany, you know, like that, that warm building. And then I don't know. It's just the whole, the your whole feed is just like, oh, I wish I was there. <laughs> Thank you. I feel the same about yours. So <laughs> I really appreciate it. I wish, I wish I was trading places with you. Um, I mean, of course, right now with COVID, I guess maybe it's a double thinker on that one because 
I feel safe in Germany, but also when I, when this was all started with COVID and I was like watching what was going on for you guys, I felt like, so, I don't know. It, it just like, it was shocking maybe because it wasn't coming from the news. It was coming from you and like yeah. seeing what was going on. It was just like, I don't, it was really hard. Yeah. It was a very, I think, sombering experience here. Mm-hmm. And we actually, you know, heard all the news about coronavirus in China. And I just told my husband, like, I know that it's going to be spreading because people travel. Mm-hmm. So we had like Noah had closed off travel. And um, we actually went to Venice right before they closed travel in Italy and declared that area red zone. So oh, right. That was like in February. I remember looking mm-hmm. at your Venice stuff like the other day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that was, yeah, maybe like a, like a, just a few weeks before they they banned everything, right? Yeah, it was right before they closed everything down. And in Italy, they tried to close the red zone, which is where they had the most infections mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. down and, and like tell people that they couldn't leave. So there's this big mass exodus to the south. Um, and so they ended up having to kind of close all of Italy because of that big mass exodus. <laughs> Wasn't that kind of like more the mountain area of Italy? Because I know at least Germans were saying um, the issue for us, at least in Germany, was so many Germans were still like going to Italy to go uh, ski and like to travel mm-hmm. before they actually officially closed the borders, even though it was recommended not to go. Germans were just like, we're going to go. Yeah. And I know it was like mainly um, kind of, I guess, the mountain, the mountain range that they were going to. Yes, that place, that the the northern part was hit really hard as well. Mm-hmm. The, the Alps, the Italian Alps area. Yeah. yeah, we weren't hit as hard in the south, but I think the exodus did cause some cases here. And I think in general, um, it's just... It was just kind of scary. I don't know, just seeing the mass panic of people and yeah, that type of thing. So, and they yeah. quarantined you guys for. Do you remember how many weeks it was? Was it two months? It was a long time. It was over sixty days um, that we were stuck at home. And oh my gosh, yeah, <laughs> it was very very strict here. So um, we had to have basically what I like to to translate to a permission slip to leave our homes for any reason even right. to like walk our dogs um and so we're, we're restricted to walk the dogs within 200 meters of our homes oh wow it was yeah so no like leisure walks or time in oh, nature. That is really, yeah and then you could only leave for essentials like groceries work purposes or emergencies and then if people were leaving for emergencies they were not allowed to be accompanied um so it was definitely did they give you guys like a slip I I was curious I mean I saw that on the news that you guys um that Italy implemented those slips because Germany was considering doing that as well but did you have a slip pretty much like every day or do you have to print your own or did they just like put it in your mailbox no, so you have to write a new slip every time that you exit your home and you're only at eight, like you're only supposed to be able to exit your home once per day, which a lot of oh, people wow. didn't do. But yeah, you had to write yeah, like home. if you got to take your dog outside, but also you need food. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, oh, so wow. it was just like 
just very, very strict. Um, but yeah, it was also confusing. So they would post them on like the government website and then you had to download and print. And I think that where there were like eight iterations of forms. And with every iteration, it was like every time they put out a new decree, they would mm-hmm. change the form and then they would require more information. And by the end, it was like a one page document with so much of my personal oh my information. <laughs> you were like, I'm just staying home. Forget it. Yeah. <laughs> Too much to fill it out. But. What about the people that are, you know, not as lucky and don't have like printers? I guess maybe use your phone. Yes. Or- so you could do some type of, I think you could take some sort of like electronic, but basically mm-hmm. if the police were stopping you, they were having you fill out a form on the spot. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking about that. I'm sure that there's um, people in that area that are a little more on the um, low income spectrum that might not have. And it's really not that common that people really have printers anymore. Yeah, I don't have a printer either. (laughs) Okay, yeah. See, I was like, well, I mean, we have a printer, but it's just for um, my mom's office. So I mean, I could print, but it's like really rare that people I think have printers nowadays. Yes, yes, exactly. That's... I had no idea that you could only leave the house um, once. I mean, on the news, they made it seem really strict, but they really didn't give a lot of information. And I was wondering if they were just like shielding the rest of us because they were afraid that it would cause like panic. Yeah, I don't know. They're very strict. It was once per day. And I mean, if you did go out, the streets were quiet. So, and they, there, there's lots of police presence. So if you did go out, like you saw policemen and you really didn't see anybody else. Right. So people were pretty obedient, I think. I mean, there are tons of citations. I know that there are all these crazy stories in the news about somebody yeah. doing such and such. But in general, I didn't see hardly anyone whenever I went out. I mean, I'm sure that for photography, it's so tempting, though, to go out and like, shoot the empty streets and probably like capture buildings that are normally just like crowded and stuff. Yeah. But um, I think that was a, a lot that was also portrayed in the media that people were being irresponsible and going out for that reason. But I feel like um, at least in Germany, everyone, Germans are very obedient people, <laughs> very <laughs> obedient folk. They're like very right doers in a way. So everyone here was like, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And followed pretty much what was going on. Yeah. Until the- oh. <laughs> In Germany, when the sun came out, people were like, okay, we're going to the park. Forget it. <laughs> yeah, I feel honestly like I was very surprised as to how people pulled together here and said like, hey, we have to stay inside for this effort. Because um, there, the- coming from the U.S., I learned whenever I moved to Italy that there is no such thing as social distance. There's no personal bubble here. Mm-hmm. And um, people are always so close together and, you know, kissing as the greeting and that type of thing. So there's no personal distance here. And I'm actually surprised as to how much personal distance there is now, like when I'm going out in public because the restrictions have been lifted at this point. Right. I wonder if that partially influenced how it spread so fast in the beginning before it was even caught. Because, yeah, like you said, they're very... um, touchy-feely and huggy yeah yeah I was thinking that that the because they kind of were comparing um like Sweden didn't do a full lockdown and Mm -hmm. and I was joking to my dad and I was like but but in Sweden they have just like a bigger personal bubble than Mm -hmm. they do in Italy so maybe that contributed to the 
rate of spread. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. So what is open right now for you guys? Do they have restaurants already open? Yes. Pretty much everything is open. Um, the only thing that you can't really do is carpool, <laughs> which is super weird. Um, yeah. But yeah, pretty much everything is open. Restaurants are open. Um, you just have to like keep social distance you can take your mask off at the table but if you're walking around or and like the wait staff has to have masks on and then the tables Mm -hmm. have to be a certain distance apart okay so it's similar to germany except that um they still only let us sit like one family outside of like your family so it's like a two household um limit at a table Mm, i don't actually know what if there are any limitations on that now. Which is crazy because you could have four people in a household on each side and sit at, with eight people at a table. But if you were like a group of friends of four people, but each person is from a different household, you would have to sit two people at a table. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really, that part is like super weird. Um, at least to me, because I'm like, well, I mean, at that point, are we still being safe or not? I mean, right. you're going to walk up with your friends and then be seated at separate tables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they also make us fill out forms any anytime you sit at a restaurant now. Oh, we do not have that here. Yeah, it's super crazy. But again, Germans love paperwork, so it doesn't really <laughs> surprise me that much. <laughs> yeah, they make you fill out your name and your address. Um I guess it's so in case there is an outbreak, they can trace mm-hmm. everyone back. Yeah, I've heard that Italy is starting to use an app now to try to trace um, people, but I haven't have I haven't received like official word as to if it's mandatory to use it mm-hmm. or optional. I feel like it would be um, it would streamline everything, but Germans again are like so data security crazy that they would be like you can't follow me you don't know where I am I don't want my location being broadcasted like they're very old school in that thinking like I don't know I'm I'm it's going to be interesting to see how that goes because also it would make sense especially for like travel mm-hmm. um you know like but if I'm just traveling around my town just to like have breakfast at one place and then maybe go to the post office I feel like that might be a little, um, a little too much. But if I like plan to go in August to Garmisch, it would make sense because I'm like a, a visitor. Mm-hmm. Of yeah. And Italy has now opened their borders um, to the Shigan region. So I'm interested to see oh, wow. um, how that works out (laughs) yeah that's going to be interesting because now we're open for tourism which I understand in a sense because that's the majority of what Italy's economy Mm -hmm. is it's it's just such a tourist heavy industry yeah here that I can see that point but I don't know because yeah (laughs) yeah I was talking to someone else in in Greece and they were saying I mean it's the same thing Greece the, the main economy, I mean, it's, it's all tourism based. So um, I can see why that's like taken such a hard hit that they have to figure out a way to recover at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like a, a lot of my friends that I know that own tourist based businesses are just trying to figure out how they can start their business again with COVID. So like one does a cooking class where 
where you learn to make pasta and so Mm -hmm. everyone's kind of like using their hands to make the pasta and then they cook it all in a group so (laughs) which is part of the experience I mean it's like I I totally I feel bad for what's going on and everything but at the same time if I went to Italy and I wanted that full experience then I can imagine kind of being bummed out like I don't know how they're going to manage that. Have they thought about how they're going to implement maybe like how they would do that? Because I'm sure that people would still want to support them. Yeah. So right. Those particular friends are, have converted to doing like online classes through Airbnb experiences. And so there you can just do a class in the comfort of your own home, which is pretty cool. Um, But, you know, going and actually visiting their Tuscan house and having a meal with them was really Mm -hmm. just like such a priceless experience honestly that you just can't get it out of that piece but and then I have some other friends that own hotels and they're trying to figure out logistics of having people because you can't really like lay out in the sun in your mask (laughs) I just don't think a lot of people would like that as part of the experience (laughs) right the tan lines (laughs) yeah so I think they're just all trying to really like navigate right now what the new regulations and rules are and how they can still operate I read an article and I can't remember the exact number but there's a certain percent of businesses that just like are opting not to open now because they just can't afford it almost yeah yeah it's the same there have been a couple um it's mainly we have like really old school hotel restaurant combination places and they've a lot of them have kind of announced that they're not going to open the restaurant so they're just going to do the hotels when the hotels are allowed to open Mm -hmm. and then obviously if you are in the hotel they'll still provide the breakfast but they're not opening the restaurant to just regular people I think that's a lot of what's happening here as well yeah which is also I mean it's really it's really hard it is it's really hard that was really my first instinct whenever everything started closing because of COVID is that I was you know I have a lot of friends in the tourism industry here and I was just heartbroken for them Um, but but then I I guess I've started to change my attitude a little bit because I saw um, the Italians coming together and saying like, it's going to be okay. You know, they had their slogan (laughs) and um, really, you know, buckling down and getting serious about it and just caring for each other as humans first. So I think that what this might also do at least, um, I mean, again, I can only kind of speak from my area, but we are so behind on the times that I think it kind of, we kind of needed that like get with it moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because we really are so far behind on the times here. Like um, it's a big thing around my whole area that a lot of people don't even use card people. I mean, they have a bank card, but to pay, they pretty much just use cash. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's like that in little Italian areas too, but everyone just uses cash and it kind of goes back to like the German mentality of not wanting to be traced and not wanting to have like that documented. Like they have a very strict mentality of being like controlled maybe, or um, yeah, just like people, they have a huge data thing here. And I noticed like people were really not taking to the using the card because when the COVID started, the stores are really telling you, you know, they couldn't refuse your money, but they were really trying to get people to only use card. And it was like a big thing here because people are just not willing to make the switch. Mm-hmm. 
And I just feel like it's kind of crazy. We're, um, you know, it's 2020. <laughs> yes, it's a lot of the same here. It's a very cash-based uh, or cash-driven economy. So I have been to a couple restaurants since we opened back up, and a lot of them are using QR codes to um, have, like, digital menus and encourage. Oh, wow. So you guys are way ahead of us. They're, they're trying. <laughs> they're trying. You know, I think it's, you know, an adjustment for everybody. So some places we've gone have given us the paper menus and other places have been like, um, no, like absolutely won't give you the paper. You have to use the digital. So. Yeah, we have like the laminated menus so they get like wiped down Mm -hmm. afterwards. But yeah, I don't, I don't really foresee, and maybe in like the bigger cities, I wonder if that's going to be implemented more. I know that our movie theaters, um, we have specifically one in Nuremberg that um has like a what's it called like an open air section on top of the room oh that's so cool so they've like implemented that which is really cool and um one of the things they're doing there is also because it's a very big tourism place as well but they're trying to like you know get people back into the movie theater which um i guess i can see why that's it's really hard um but yeah one of the things that they did was online you would book your ticket online and then order everything you wanted so all your food your snacks your beer and then when the movie started they would bring it to your seat so you actually never interacted with an actual person wow that's so cool (laughs) yeah that was like one of the things that I was like oh they're really like they're trying you know we're trying (laughs) yeah no that's really that's really cool I it's interesting to see all of the different like innovations that are coming out of out of this moment in time yeah that's um but yeah that was one thing that I was like because we really loved going to the movie theater and in general we liked going to Nuremberg and we haven't been in like you know since this has happened yeah um yeah um what is one of the I know just going back to like your travel stuff um are you going to be in Italy till next year or are you were you planning on kind of like wrapping up and then leaving this year yeah so unfortunately for us we're supposed to move in early 2021 which we would love to stay here if we could but you know visas and stuff (laughs) yeah so yeah we're planning to move um in early 2021 and it's honestly been really sad I think I actually met you through a 365 project oh yeah that could be (laughs) (laughs) because I was actually just gonna say that I was super excited for this year being our last full year in Sicily or just living probably in Europe we'll probably go back to the states after this unfortunately I love Europe um but I decided to do a 365 photo project and take a picture every single day this year to document our last year living in Sicily. And mm-hmm. then this happened. <laughs> yeah. Which you have been um, still doing like your dog on your walk and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. So I've tried to, to really stay. Um, I've tried to stay with the project and stay as motivated as I can but it's hard. It is. And we had so many cool vacations or travel adventures coming up this year that it was quite disappointing to have to cancel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what are some of the ones that you guys had canceled or the ones that you had planned and now are canceled? Yes. So we had, I had the whole year planned out. (laughs) 
and now I've, girl me too same though so it's so sad but the one that got canceled literally like the day before was we were going to go to Norway to see the northern oh, lights <gasps> and stay in the igloo <laughs> no I know so that would have been like March or yeah it was in March and I had my bags packed and everything no. ready to go and then they you know closed the borders so <laughs> Oh my gosh, you would have been safe in Norway though. Well, Norway actually closed their borders. <laughs> yeah, N- Norway didn't want us. They yeah. were like, oh, <laughs> y'all stay out. Yeah. So yeah, we missed that trip, which was honestly like a bucket list trip for me. Um, yeah. And that was like my, we, my husband and I each picked one trip that we have to do. And that was my one trip I had to do. Um, and now I, oh I won't do it. <laughs> maybe in the future. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe next, next spring, right before you guys leave me. Yeah. I was thinking it depends how all of this Corona stuff works out. It was such a hard trip to coordinate, but alas, here we are. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, um, when we went to Iceland, it was like on my bucket list to see the Northern Lights as well. But yeah, sadly, womp womp. <laughs> I know. Well, it's it's so tricky. It, Unless you go to like Norway. I mean, Iceland, Iceland, you have a high chance, but only in certain seasons. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and I wasn't willing to go drive in the snow since we opted for me to drive the van. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that in snow, so we'll just have to gamble it. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. We were, my husband was going to drive, so I was like, I'm all for it. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. But we'll I was a scaredy cat. I was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't either. I'm not a I snow was driver. Like, no, not that. <laughs> yeah, we were. Gonna... We actually. Go ahead, sorry. We, we met someone on the food tour in Iceland who booked a private, um, northern lights viewing so like where they pick them up from the hotel and then drive them all around to where normally you could see it and they actually got really unlucky too so I mean I didn't I didn't feel too bad (laughs) I was like well at least at least we you know we didn't like do the whole excursion plan for like you know six hours into the night Man, I would have been in tears. Yes, I, that's what I was afraid of for making the journey to Norway because from Sicily, it's not. It was still like a full day of travel. I think it was three flights or four. Yes, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. It was too many. <laughs> but I had to do it, so we'll see. Maybe another time. I'm trying to think of where else you could go to see the Northern Lights. Um, when I lived in England, we I was on the border of Scotland, and we would often see the Northern Lights there. That's so cool. Oh, but, so yeah. It's one of my, my I, goals is to photograph them. So maybe one day. Oh, yeah. See, I, I've only seen them with my eye because it kind of happens so quick over there in, in northern mm-hmm. England that you don't really, you're not prepared. You're just kind of walking your dog and you're like, oh, <laughs> this is cool. Oh. And then you're like, well, dang. Yeah, that's really neat. I'm jealous. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it's better than never seeing them, which I think you can still see them in Alaska. There's kind of like that chance too. Yeah. Hmm. To do an Alaskan trip. I would love to visit Alaska. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Or is it yeah, it's Alaska where you can see them still. I would love to do that. I haven't thought of planning too much travel now after having to cancel so mm-hmm. much. But we were supposed to also do a road trip in Belgium and um 
the Netherlands during tulip time. And we were supposed to visit Cinque Terre. And I really wanted to visit Milan because we haven't been there yet. Um, but yeah, those are all the ones we've canceled so far. But are those any that you want to like reschedule somehow? I want to reschedule everything, but I don't know <laughs> the probability right now. We've we've kind of changed focus a little bit to focus more on Sicily and mm-hmm. just the island that we live on because we've seen some things and done some things here, but there's just so much more to see and do. So we've started kind of redirecting our efforts a little bit there and we're hoping that we may be able to venture around Italy. Um, We still have so much of Italy itself to see. So we're kind of changing focus a little bit and just kind of hoping that maybe we'll get to see some more of Italy besides Sicily. I'm not even going to complain. I'm living for your Italy. (laughs) I, I think that you should make a new goal for next year to come out with like an Italy little book that people can order like a little print book. I think that would be so cool. And I would totally pre-order that like immediately. I would actually, if you could do like a series of like food and like, um, I don't know. I just really love your food. Like the combination images that you do where you do like a food and then um, an architecture shop, for example. Like those are so I'm sorry, what did you say? I think it cut out for a second. Um, the, the, the combinations that you do, you do a lot of times like a food, a food, um, like a food image usually, and then you'll do like an architecture shot together. At least when I like think back on your like grid, you'll have like this really cool Mm -hmm. pasta dish. And then usually the follow-up image kind of is like an architecture or like a landscape image. I like those two together always uh, when I'm looking at like your grid, I'm like, Oh, that like really. Tells, yeah. Like, a cool I mood. actually am supposed to be teaching a class in the summer sometime, I think probably end of summer about kind of like capturing where you are. And I think that that's something that I mm-hmm. try to aim for whenever I am um, photographing whatever we're doing is just trying to kind of encapsulate as much as I can anyway, the whole picture of kind of where we are and what we're doing, just like not only the wide big shots, but also the small little details right in there. Um, yeah. Which <laughs> You're really favorite. great at details. <laughs> I, I'm trying to like remind myself to take other things, but then I get like super into something and then I'm, like, I'm the opposite. I just, I'm like really like the the just taking like the big picture wide scene type things and then I forget about the Mm -hmm. details so I have to like consciously think okay have you gotten detail shots what detail shots have you (laughs) taken of this area but those are often some of my favorite I just don't think to take them as um, consciously as kind of the bigger picture those are my favorite yours that's so crazy like um the octopus is such a cool Thanks. shot, for example, that I'm thinking of, or I think it's like a plate of tortellini. Yeah. I love that shot. Yeah, for example. I need to focus more on details. <laughs> Thank you. I love those shots. Um, 
I was going to ask when you travel, do you travel like really light and only bring like one lens or do you like go crazy? So I'm just a minimalist at heart, I feel like. And I will only bring one body, one lens. And then we have like a little mini Manfrotto tripod. I don't remember the name of it exactly, but it's like a tiny little mini thing that I can put in my purse. So whenever I travel, I usually mm-hmm. bring um, 24 through 70 lens and my camera body, which I have uh, Sony a7 III because it's so compact. Um, and I literally throw my camera yeah. in that little mini tripod in my purse. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's no like, way. what gear do you have? Like, literally throw this in my purse. Um I don't have like a photo backpack or anything special for it I just put in my purse and then um that way I have it available for anytime I see something cool so I have it I'm like constantly pulling my camera out everywhere and I just like to keep it in such a a place that it's easy for me to do that oh I'm jelly see when you have like canon it's just such a I had so happy um like a full frame camera but mirror camera but I just that's actually the switch I made when I came here because I started traveling with that and I was like it's just too big because we only bring like one a backpack on our most of our trips um we don't check anything so I have to compact (laughs) as much as possible Yeah, that's one thing. Um, yeah, whenever we're going somewhere and it requires us flying, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to like pack my clothes yeah. into my camera bag too at the same time. I'm like, oh. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is a lot. Like, it's it's just even if you just have the camera yeah. body with a lens, and the it's 24 to 70 massive. is pretty big, but uh, the lens itself, um, I did try to use a 35, but it just doesn't give me the versatility that I want, and I just felt like I missed out on too many shots so yeah what is like one thing you would say you would want to like focus more on I mean I know you said detail shots but is there something that you notice like when you're traveling and you're taking images that you kind of like go oh man Um, I wish I would have done that so you your shots inspire me like your shots of just like light and the small details um, like the picture you took of like the ice on the ground and like your grass shots, all of your shots of like the pretty light and just small details. I love those. And there's actually another photographer. I think I sent you her page, Christina Freeman, that also mm-hmm. really inspires me with just her light, her shots of pretty light on ordinary things um, like her gutter. <laughs> she took this picture of her gutter with um, really pretty light and I was like oh my gosh I want to frame this and put this in my house and she was like my husband thinks that I'm nuts <laughs> but I just think that just seeing like light on ordinary objects and just taking the time I think to appreciate the beauty and the like small things like that those are the things that I want to focus yeah. more on just yeah yeah I mean I love that and look like I said I think of like big picture um what's the wide scene look like and I don't stop to really appreciate the smaller details so that's been like a big focus for me or just something that I've kind of wanted to work on I think as an artist yeah we're like um we complement each other because we're opposites in a way like the stuff you do inspires me to do that and then it's vice versa because I never I struggle more with taking like really wide angle shots. Um, And then 
afterwards I'm always like man I kind of like why didn't I get the whole the whole mountain in the picture like why did I only focus on I'll focus on like the strangest thing I'll see like a cabin in the distance and I'll just be like oh that's it like I want to take a picture of the cabin and then afterwards I'm like wait there's a whole mountain behind that cabin no I'm like well fail (laughs) no I love your work I love it I want so inspirational that which I have to like really give you a shout out because you've really helped me like pull images from my portfolio and oh, God bless no. you for like no, going no. through <laughs> hundreds of images. Like I, I don't know. I, when I, when you look through your own work, you're like, I don't know. Is this like, is it good? Does it like, mm-hmm. does, what does it make someone else think? And you never really think about that. Cause you're just kind of like taking pictures. You're clicking away. And yeah, usually the images, a lot of times when I do client work, I'll notice that my favorite images are not necessarily yes, also the that me crazy. <laughs> and it like really makes me question my entire, my All, entire like existence. <laughs> always. It, yeah. Like I, why? Had, I had a business before um, where I photographed families and I would always just hone in on a couple images like, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of these. These are my favorite. And then I'd send the gallery to the client mm-hmm. and they never liked them. <laughs> no, exactly. No, that literally happens well, you make me like feel nine better. times out of 10. And I'm like, what? what? I love this. I'm like, this. I'm crazy for this one. Yeah. I don't know. Um, if it, it's like, you know, a service, you're looking at it as a service and then us as like I maybe, think, maybe an artistic point yeah. of view. <laughs> because, yeah, sometimes <laughs> I'm like obsessing over some images in a client's gallery and yes. I'm like, what? You don't love these? <laughs> totally the same. But you have great work and I love your work. We're so- I've enjoyed following you. Yeah, but no, seriously, thank you, thank you, thank you, because oh, yeah, well, you I went through so much of my stuff. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love this. So <laughs> inspirational. I want this photo. <laughs> yeah, I I was like really critiquing myself pretty hard and I was like, I don't know, like, what should I even do? And oh. yeah, you were like, you were such a gem. Even your feedback, even if you were like saying like, eh, maybe not this one, it was like so, oh, um, thanks. it was I'm so not tactful. <laughs> You weren't like, oh, yeah, Tina, this is absolute trash. Like, how dare you cut off that woman's hand again? Again, you put another crop woman's, you again, no. Tina, stop cropping these poor people's limbs. And I'm, no, I'm so no, sorry. your work's amazing, even if there are crops or not crops. So good. Yeah, maybe we're just, um, yeah, we're, we're hypercritical of ourselves, Always. I guess. I wanted to actually bring that up. Um, your self-portrait stuff that you've been doing is like Thank so you. freaking good. It's literally so good. Like, where do you even come up with this? Like, I, sometimes I'm like, oh, I got to do something. I saw Mandy <laughs> Lynn was just crushing it the other day. And I'm like, oh, Tina, come on. You need to do something. Here you are taking pictures of flowers again. Amanda Lynn. <laughs> No. Over here. Superstar. <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, I well, first, thanks. Because I feel like sometimes I just take a self-portrait and I'm so unimpressed with myself. <laughs> um, oh, my God, stop. But I don't, 
I don't know, really. I've taken some, well, I signed up for, so I do Click Pro classes, um, and I'm on the forum and uh, with Click and Moms, and um, I've taken some of the classes through Click Pro to school. Those are great. I really like taking photo- photography classes because they just inspire me, like, giving, like, go shoot this or go do that or whatever. So I really like um, trying new things with cameras and that type of thing. I also joined the Unraveled Academy, which is um quite different style I would say for some of the photography um Mm -hmm. and then they had actually created small groups so I was in a small group and they give you like four lessons to go through over a month and they were all self-portrait type lessons so you get to watch um other photographers in their self-portrait work and how they edit and how they shoot and honestly that was super inspirational to me just to see um things that people do shoot and think of which I wouldn't say that my work is oh I'm so sorry (laughs) my dog's I'm surprised my dog hasn't barked yet thank goodness (laughs) they're very excited um but yeah I mean I wouldn't say that my of course I think this about myself anyway but I wouldn't say that my work compares to theirs at all but just watching them work really was inspirational to me so then I just started doing weird things <laughs> like I was like oh I'll just yeah. um, set my camera up <laughs> on this tripod and then hide behind this curtain and so I would just I don't know you did a couple I think it was double expo- well was it a double exposure or um like a after like a photoshop double exposure maybe I can't remember I've done some um you did or was it was it real I can't remember there's a portrait of you with the water which is the one that inspired me to do oh yes like in front of the rain a photoshop double exposure yeah and I right that I felt like that was that's kind of when my self-portrait started and that was before unraveled academy but I just um being stuck in the house for lockdown man it did kill me I was just thinking of all the beautiful um, sights and sounds and scenes that I was missing around Italy and I, but I just can't stay static like I love learning and so I was like I just feel so yeah. trapped in this house right now and it was raining every day here it's the rainy season so I just felt so trapped and so I wanted to make um, an image that kind of reflected me feeling you know yeah and it's a and it was like 100% you get like that feeling of like feeling just not yes, desperate, but like that's exactly how I was feeling. Yeah. Yeah. That mood is like killer. That was one of your images where I was like, oh, thank so you. Game is crushing it. Like the other image that I'm thinking of that I really liked, um, which it wasn't a self portrait, I think it was your husband. Um, you did like an image of your husband it's super artistic yeah and blurry with like a plant love that image (laughs) it is it it is your husband right um okay (laughs) he's so funny I love him to death he loves planting so like I grew up on a farm and we always had a garden and grew our own food and then when I met him um I grew some Thing. I was like let's do some plants so we did some peppers and tomatoes and stuff like that and he was so excited that we grew our own food so um when 
Yeah, super. <laughs> so cute. when we were here, we um, opened an avocado and the seed had already sprouted a little bit. And so I said, hey, you should grow that. And uh, he was like, what? So we just Googled how to grow an avocado tree. And he grew this avocado tree from seed. And it's just like the most important plant to him. It's his baby plant. So I kind of wanted to do a portrait. I decided to like self-portrait. I was done with self-portraits because I felt super vain posting all these photos of myself. (laughs) So I was like, I want to do a portrait of you. And I just wanted to do something a little bit different, but that was really him. And so I just didn't know what to do. That was really him. And I thought, oh, it'd be really cool if we combined you with this plant. And so I just... Right. And then the editing yeah, choice really, was just like know. perfect though. I just sometimes don't know how I come up with things, but I just literally took a picture of the plant <laughs> and then just like a portrait of him and like a studio portrait and um, combined in Photoshop and then did some kind of like motion blur type things to it. But thank you. It was it's so good. That's like one of my favorite my other favorite ones which is like a portrait it's not a self-portrait but you know falls under your kind of category of what I think yeah what your Uh, portraits are kind of becoming which is an amazing thing because you have another portrait actually I think that has motion it's like or maybe it's kind of like double exposure with your your head moving my hair back yeah and I freaking love I freaking love motion um, I have to like remind myself when I do client work to like calm down and get like mm-hmm. those stereotypical shots as well. Cause I'm always like flip your hair and like spin around. And yeah, cause I'm like really, those are like some of my favorite, I guess it's an artistic choice, but yeah, your, your, um, your self portraits and your portraits in general have gotten like Thank so you. freaking good That's over so quarantine. Good. I'm like, this quarantine is really like, <laughs> yeah, or for a while, I was just focusing on shooting projects. And I would get up every day and say, what am I going to shoot today? And I just spent all day really kind of thinking what I wanted to do. Um, so it was really fun to play around. I've gotten more into work mode a little bit lately, because I'm working on this photography class and so I want to make that the best I can and so I've kind of just had this one track mind of like must finish yeah. class first <laughs> yeah that's how I feel lately about my client work because I've had so many um shoots just because of my reschedules when everything was closed I really had to cram a lot in so yeah I haven't gotten a chance to really shoot a lot of mm-hmm. um yeah. personal work I guess so yeah, I can I can see. I'm I'm one of those workaholics yes. too, where I get like one tracked on something, and I can't like think of. I almost can't like enjoy. Mm-hmm. That's something exactly else how I feel. I it. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am when I have like galleries to work on. I'm like, I can't even enjoy sometimes a movie yes. until yes. I'm like, you're, you're this is done. <laughs> totally that way. Yeah, it's it's. It's crazy how like similar, I guess we are, but at the same time, yeah, like with our artistic choices, I like really resonate so much with like how you shoot and how you like tell stories through your images. And yeah, with quarantine, we connected like way more over quarantine, just like bouncing back and forth, I guess. And yeah, with, like you said, with 365, 
um, which I've been slacking on. I really just need to like post all of them in one day <laughs> so I can feel better about myself. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, if I fall back on like a whole yeah. month, even though I've been taking the picture, yeah, I've just not like I've, edited anything I, yes. on that at all. I, I was taking the picture and editing in the same day, which worked for me at that time. And now I just don't have time to edit same day. So I am same. still making sure to pick up the camera, but the editing has fallen behind. So <laughs> same. I was with actually, I feel like the only way to do it is almost to yes. take a picture and edit it right away. Cause it's, it's so much easier. I know it sounds like it's so it's like way more time consuming, but it's not. I feel like now that I have so much mm -hmm. that I need to open up and look through, it's also more time consuming. So I have to look at the yes. date and figure out like what's exactly is what day is that. And now I'm like, I yeah. don't even know. And I know we're not halfway through the year, so I'm like, we can't give up yet. We've come so far. Exactly. I literally, girl, I just told myself yeah. that the other day. I was like, it's not even halfway through. I can't give up yet. Like. I'm going to give myself a pass in like October if something happens, but I, I can't know, give that's myself the same a way I've pass. Been it's not too, even though things have started, I think with just like opening back up with everything that it feels a little bit overwhelming just to go back to quote unquote normal. <laughs> so yeah. To do the, yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, I have a couple, well, I'm supposed to have two weeks off in June from my regular work. And then I, gave myself some space to like breathe <laughs> with client work. So I don't know. I'm like, my goal is to finish all the galleries so I can just kind of be off my plate and then I can like do some more fun things again and take some classes. Yeah. There's a couple things that I want to do um, class wise as well. Yeah. Just to like play around, especially mm -hmm. like I haven't pre-lensed in a long time. Yeah. I feel like just letting yourself work on some personal projects really fulfills so much for me yeah it's um uh, it's like one of the questions a lot of local people when they move here and they want to get started and they're always like well how can I get better I really want to start mm -hmm. a business and I'm like you just need to shoot like a lot I know that that sounds so dumb and everyone always says that like it's the it's yes. the thing that everyone says exactly. because it's so true just yeah. need to shoot every single day. It's, I don't know. I, it's just like, you'll start to learn mm -hmm. your camera and learn what you like and learn different light. And, and then you'll just like pick it up one day yes, and you'll exactly. never remember That's exactly what it what was like before. exactly what I tell before. every single person that asks me, how did you become a photographer? How can I become a photographer? I tell them to pick up their camera every single day and shoot something every single day. Yep. Yep. And you'll notice, um, and this is one thing that I notice a lot is I'm not sure if, because I can only speak for myself, but I became a photographer while my business started out of happenstance. Like I, I was, I always had a camera for like 10 plus years and I was always taking pictures and we were going somewhere. And at one point it was just, mm -hmm. you know, people were asking for pictures so I was like, well, I guess I should just, you know, go legal. It doesn't matter if I only have four shoots in a year. And That's then it just kind of like happens to me too. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I feel like if you go into the into it with the mindset of mm -hmm. I just want to open a business, 
but I'm not really, I'm not really a creative person and I don't really care about that aspect that maybe you struggle more with learning because yeah. you're not as invested yeah, like in for actually me, learning for your own such a personal passion and I just love it so much it's not um it's not like hard for me to pick up the camera every day and shoot or hard for me to edit because I just like it so much exactly that's one comment that I've gotten a couple times when I'm like telling people oh I'm a little overwhelmed right now with work and then client work and then they'll like see that I've taken like a food picture again (laughs) and they're like how can you say you're overwhelmed but you're taking like more pictures of whatever strawberries and I'm Mm -hmm. like because to me that's an outlet like I don't look at that as like something that was um right on my plate or even like work at all but of course, like editing, going through 200 images from a client session is totally different because that's just more time consuming. Whereas if you're just going to pick up your camera and take a picture of your dog looking out the window, um, you know, that's like, for me, something that I can just do on the spot. And I don't even think about it anymore. So when whenever I get like the comment of, well, you're still taking personal images, so it can't yeah. be too bad. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. but that's Exactly. I feel like a lot of the client work that I have taken on in the past has been just cognitively taxing because it's like that extra pressure to make them mm-hmm. happy and produce something that they like as well. Whereas shooting for yourself is yeah. like, oh, well, if that's not good, then just delete. <laughs> right. And it's crazy that all of, at least with my personal work, I've found that more people reach out to me because of that. Um, Whereas like lately, at least with quarantine, I mean, I wasn't doing self portraits like you. I wasn't the master of that. Your self portraits are pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, I tried. They they inspired me. (laughs) I'm going, I ordered, I ordered one of those, um, those wooden stools. Yeah. Like the, the stereotypical studio stool. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Not with the back, just like a circle stool, bar stool. And I'm going to like challenge myself when I'm off, if the weather is good, to do like something creative yeah. with that, like out of the box, instead of like a stereotypical, what you mm-hmm. think of like the yeah. normal studio sitting on the I chair. <laughs> yeah, that's my personal. Well, now, now I have to hold myself accountable. See, <laughs> stool pictures. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Well, if I can't do it myself with my tripod, which I've already bit the dust on one of my filters because of my tripod, I just need to get a better tripod. Actually, (laughs) oh man, I yeah, my tripod. it was not cut out for the weight of the lens, and I totally just watched it plummet to its death. I luckily (laughs) was just the filter, but. I was like, oh, rest in peace. I mean, it was not yeah, a cheap filter, but at the part. same time, it wasn't my lens. So I'm like, oh, well, it's fine. And I was like, I guess I'm not going to use my tripod. Yeah, I have cheapo because I just tripod. use it inside. I don't actually shoot any landscapes with tripods. So I just bought this when I was actually learning like four or five years ago and just never upgraded. So now I'm in the market and very expensive they're so I expensive did a travel tripod for a while and then I just real I realized honestly that I could shoot what I wanted to shoot without a tripod so I kind of gave up on it but they're very very expensive <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> again. 
they are. They are expensive, though. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked when I saw it. I was like, yeah, what? I, I know. That's why I, I guess I just haven't invested in a really nice one because I just don't don't use it that much. I like sometimes when I'm shooting self portraits, even I don't even use a tripod. I'll just set it up on a table or a box or you know whatever is near, um, and just kind of make it work with that. And... Yeah. I I know I remember when we went to um, when we were in Iceland and we went to this very um, I guess it was like a very well known mountain range and we were on the beach and it was just plastered with people with their tripods and I looked at Rob and I was like <laughs> am I like a weirdo because I'm like only yes, one that I doesn't that have way. a tripod right now I felt yes so a lot awkward. of a lot of places I'm that we've gone, oh Lord. <laughs> um, just for travel shots, like uh, when we were in the, the Dolomites or whatever, just like tons of people come there for photography and they're all there with their tripods and I'm just have my camera in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's me. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I, I, I still, I, I looked at Rob and I was literally like, oh, I feel so weird not being just being the only person like I walked up the hill on the sand <laughs> and just stood next to them like an awkward <laughs> the weirdest person ever just like everyone else has this high quality tripod I'm just like, yeah I I've just tripod. been happy with the pictures I've been able to produce with that one so I'm just I'm okay is it me yeah, like they're doing a long lot of times if you're doing a long exposure or just um, a lower shutter speed that's probably why but but you don't need to see I still don't understand maybe I need to do a class on that because I really don't grasp why um what you would need a tripod for for landscape mm-hmm. unless you're like getting water movement or you want to do like you know like a long exposure but if you're just taking a picture in broad daylight of like a mountainscape and there's nothing moving, I don't know. I'm still so yeah. I not think they also use how that a lot works. of gradient <laughs> filters as well. I wanted to take a landscape photography class. There's actually one offered oh. um, through uh, Click Photo School, but during lockdown, and I was like, I can't take it right now. It's gonna kill me not to be able to go out and actually shoot for this. Yeah, when this is like my thing. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you guys have great place. You have like yeah, the mountains kind of nearby Mount where you Edna could do from that. our backyard. So that's probably why she's my muse. <laughs> I love her. Oh, that's so cool, though. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay, well, I think <laughs> I think we kind of just chatted about <laughs> about everything. I wanted to give you a second so you could kind of um. Just let everyone know where they can find you, either on Instagram, um, on your website, and any other information that you kind of want to share, so people can kind of check out your work because they really need. We need to get eyeballs on your work. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it, and I'm so glad to have had the chance to talk to you. Actually, because we talk all the time on Instagram, and (laughs) but it's nice to have like a full conversation. Yeah, we do. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just I I love Instagram. I'm always on there, so. My account is Mandolin Renee, and it's Renee with two E's, R-E-N-E-E. Um, and then I have a website, 
which is mandolinrenee.com um, for my portfolio. And that's just M-A-N-D-A-L-Y-N-R-E-N-E. So have weird names. <laughs> I know that someone is going to write me this and probably ask if they can book you. Are you, are you able to take clients to while take you're there clients. right now? Or- um, I do sometimes courtesy shoots um if it's a project that I'm interested in if I'm traveling and someone I know is there or um somebody in the area that like I'm like Instagram friends with or something like that I'll shoot for fun um and then yeah 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 because looking at your work I'm like there needs to be a beautiful I do human sometimes take photos see. of my beautiful human <laughs> husband <laughs> But yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm you not <laughs> taking bookings right now, but sometimes I'll just shoot for fun if, um, you know, if someone asks. Okay, so all the wedding couples don't come at me, okay? She, she's not going to do it, all right, guys? She's exclusively travel right now. I know that they're going to come for me like, oh, man, I really want to hire this. Is this a wedding photographer? Because your work Thank looks you. I've thought wedding about photographer photographer um, because I feel like that the really small, like just, um, you know, travel type weddings might be something that I might be into, but I just haven't made the leap yet. So. Oh, 100%. <laughs> this, you need to make this happen. You have like beautiful top of the mountain images I don't know if it was like oh it was Etna that you went on and then there was another mountain range I mean it looks like the Dolomites but I'm not sure I, yes, if it was it the was. Dolomites that you but climbed there are so many in Sicily it's great it like was so many mountains I didn't even know but yes yeah and like yeah people would totally want an elopement on a mountain Me I would want an elopement maybe we should renew our vows now yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, we should like just do a swaparoo. <laughs> we, we need to travel, yeah, we need to make that happen sure. before you leave. We will totally come up there or meet somewhere. That would be so much fun. We you know, we originally actually had um the Dolomites on our travel list last year for August. And then I don't know. I don't remember where we ended up going instead because we were like, eh, it'll we actually went be there. last and year for July 4th. That was our first time there. And I loved it so much that I made him go back for my birthday, which was in August. Love the Dolomites. Number one favorite place I've ever visited. And I've been to Iceland too. Nothing against Iceland. I love that too. But I just love the Dolomites. I don't know what it is. Oh, no. I. I mean, I know everyone wants to go to Iceland, but it's also like kind of like second on my list as well. Like I put mm, Greece I have not been, really high, but on now I will still. want to go. <laughs> oh yeah, don't oh don't look. You're gonna be upset. You're gonna want to go. Yeah. It well, it's been super up. fun chatting with you, and yeah, for we're sure. Gonna, we're thanks so much for having me, and thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, Mandolin. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, my Instagram handle is Tina Q Berry. 
for Christina Quesenberry. Uh, my photography website is quesenberryphotography.com. You can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. If you want to submit a topic for the next podcast, I am happy to hear from you guys. I really, really, really love all the feedback that I've been getting. So I cannot wait to hear from you guys. Until next time, bye.